Hello, it's me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to me to go over everything. Hello, it's Rebecca Maida here, Zelina, the Wicked Witch of the West, and you are listening to the Once Upon a Fan podcast. Enjoy, because it's wicked. Hello, can you hear me? I'm in California dreaming about who we used to be when we were younger and free. I've forgotten how it felt before the world fell at our feet. There's such a difference between us and a million miles. Hello from the other side. Welcome to the Once Upon a Fan podcast. I am your host, Henry Cellphone, and I am joined by my co-host... Granny's a wrench wench. <laughs> and this is our review of the second to the last episode of Once Upon a Time. Third to last. Is that right? Third to the last? Thank you. The third to the last episode of Once Upon a Time. Entitled, Is This Henry Mills? <laughs> Before we get into that. We're going to start off with one brief news bulletin, which is that Entertainment Weekly recently, thanks to Natalie Abrams, released some photos from the finale of Once Upon a Time, including a photo of Snow and Charming in their like atrium place where they were getting married in the Enchanted Forest, as well as a photo of them along with two hint like Regina, um... Zelina, and I don't have the picture in front of me, so I feel like I'm missing somebody else, but, and a bunch of individual personalized storybooks that are on the table, like their war room table in their castle. Wait, there are? I didn't even notice that detail. Oh, crap. I gotta go back and look at that picture. Yeah, you're gonna have to go back and check it out, because it's, uh, it's pretty cool what it implies, you know, um, it, (laughs) right? So, yeah, there's a lot of, I guess that's part of, you know, the plan of the the villain who has suddenly risen from within at the very <laughs> end, and we'll talk about that in our review here in just a moment. I don't really know what to say about this article, because it's, like, basically one of the last ones that we're going to get about the show, and it was just kind of... It's a bittersweet thing, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's obviously no stopping it, so we just have to accept what is. But at the same time, you know, it's been such a big part of our lives for so long that it's just, I don't know, it's just weird. Like, as one, you think, like, you know, as many times as we've, like, mentioned that on the podcast in recent weeks, you know, and kind of, like, what we've said about the show and its importance in our lives, it's more and more things keep happening where it's like this is the last time this is going to happen this is the last time that's going to happen like it's kind of like you know counting down like the you know the final stages of what's going on kind of like when harry potter was coming out and like when even though like when after the books came out you were still like well hey we can go to the movies and still have those midnight release parties and then after the movie came out then you're just like oh like that was it we didn't know that fantastic beasts were coming at that point so mm. it was a little bit different um but, you know, yeah, I just, I find that, oh, God, uh, 
I don't want this to be the end. No. We all are right. about to have the longest hiatus of all. Oh, shut up. It's <laughs> so unnecessary. Oh, <laughs> you're so rude. I, like, hurt my own heart, like, saying that. Like, oh, oh, I no. know. Yeah, I felt that right here. Um, that's nuts. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting time for sure. So let's move on now to our review of this episode here. So, overall, Ashley, what did you think of this episode? <laughs> I think you know. But uh, for our <laughs> listeners, basically, I my, my summation of this is, yes! I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. It, it, uh, it hit all the points for me, um in terms of like things coming together and it was just it was very incredibly satisfying to watch and there's some great a uh, couple of great you know actiony cinematography things happening but also like the twists and turns like i did not really see a couple things coming i was like okay whoa, and then of right. course fairy tale lesbians so i mean like I, I literally I everything I am happy and Granny was in it. I mean, like, like right. happy birthday to me! <laughs> like, right. this is everything I want in, in a Once Upon a Time episode. Very tall lesbians, sassy Granny, plot twisty things, callbacks to like all the old shit. Like, mm, mm, like Chef's kiss. Like, mwah. there you go. What did you think? Um, so okay, when the there were several reveals in this episode, right? And oh, I was yes. really caught up in the moment because I haven't watched it live in quite some time because of scheduling issues. And I haven't had a chance to really, you know, get on social media and kind of live tweet the way that I, you know, have done pretty much every other season of the show. So getting, you know, I like made sure that I was available for that this week. And I don't know if that's what it was I mean, it certainly made a difference, but this episode was just so awesome. Like, I I was genuinely blown away by the big time travel reveal, number one. Uh, we're kind of right into spoilers here, but, I mean, what else can you expect? Um, I was really blown away by that, and then, you know, like, the very, very end, like, the last shot, like, the you know, those moments, that it was just all... I mean, there were so many things, like, the phone call, like, just... I mean, so many things in this episode were fantastic, and I just, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was written by Dana Horgan and Leah Fong, so I definitely want to give a shout-out to them. They have done some amazing, I mean, they always do good work, but like I feel like this season, they've really, like, every episode that they've done, I, I feel like has been, like, a real winner. Yeah, I really have been enjoying, you know, their stuff as well. I mean, I pretty much enjoy... A lot of these episodes um but yeah this one really just you know there was a wow factor to the big twist and kind of you know how unexpected that was mm -hmm. uh, you know because th we had all been thinking that it was like seattle of like the future and it's actually like seattle happening alongside storybrook like past slash present like yeah like that was just such a I really unexpected twist and one that I as you had kind of you know said earlier I th you know, you thoroughly enjoyed the episode I thoroughly enjoyed it as well um 
Ron Underwood was the director of this one too. So special shout out to him as well. And to everybody on the writing team for, you know, what went into this episode because it was just, it was really fantastic. Do you just want to get into the time travel thing? I think we just want to get the time travel. I'd be like, really like, that's like the big crux. Because when she said that, I was like, when Gina was like, no, she sent us back in time. I was like, wait, what? What? Right. Yeah. I was like, excuse me? Like, like I, definitely. Like, I was like, did I hear now? you right? Yeah, and then you know, the, like, kind of figuring out that it's yeah, you know, especially when Henry made the phone call to himself in Storybook, like, okay. Oh, but <laughs> like it's a closed time loop, and that's what is like kicking my butt. Like, he had to make the phone call to make the phone call. Like, do you know what I mean? Like. He had to make the phone call to get to the point where he would have to be making the phone call. Does that make sense? No, not at all. I, oh, God, I hate time travel. I mean, time travel never – yeah, it never makes sense. So, But basically, it's like Harry Potter – speaking of Harry Potter, it's like Harry Potter number three. Like, when – was it when Hermione's like, why aren't we – why isn't Buckbeak, like, getting saved? It's like, wait, we have to save Buckbeak, and that's how, like, Buckbeak gets away. Do you know what I mean? Like, that you you – Right. have to do a thing in order to make a thing happen. It's like the whole, if you ever uh, watched the Guy Pierce version of, okay, I'm about to spoil the shit out of this movie, um, the, the uh, Time Machine, where he would always go back in time to try to save his fiancée, and he goes super-duper-duper-duper into the future with the Morlocks, and he's talking to the Morlock King, and he's like, don't you realize why you could never save her? She, Her death is what made you build the Time Machine in the, time machine in the first place. If she had never died, you wouldn't have built it. You would never have gone back in time to try to save her. So she has to die in order for you to be able to go back in time in the first place. Like, that's your, like, it, ugh, ah, it's like, it, it hurts my yeah, brain a little, it. but, like, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it still works. Um, and it was, I mean, oh, it was such a surprise. Dude, I can't even, like, I can't even find the words. That was the whole thing where we've always been like, okay, is this Henry Mills? Like, what's the deal with this uh, with this title? Right. And like, when he said it, I was like, oh, he said the thing. He said it. Right. We've been wondering about that for so long that I was like, okay, this is why it's called. This is Hen- is this Henry Mills? Like, because the thing is, everybody, I saw it before Ashley did, so I knew what was coming. And then when she was watching it, I was on the phone with her right at the end, and. God, I wish I could have been recording that for the podcast because that was so good. Like that was just fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, accidentally just, poured oh, beer down my so arm. Good. I really, yeah, yeah I hilarious. definitely poured a beer down my arm on accident. Like just going, what? Like I mean, I got emotional when like the music played when he had his mem- when his memories were coming back, and he's like, "You can't eat that. That's poison." I was like, "Huh? Ah, season one? No! Oh my god!" Just like little little things, like the picture of Emma holding the book, like from the season one finale, like, ooh. Yeah, that was. I mean, especially like when it's the shot where she realized the truth, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that that's, and that, I mean, that's the picture that's in there. Oh, okay. Like you know, that doesn't tug at the heartstrings at all. It's just seeing the book again, too. Yeah, the, I mean, the, these things were you know just a few of many throwbacks you know in this episode. I mean, some of the music was there mm-hmm. um, from season one that was included. I think that at one point I thought that I heard the theme from season four when the Snow Queen cast the spell of Shattered Sight. Um, I'm pretty sure that I heard that cue as well. 
Um, I'm not sure. We should totally I mean, yeah, get a just... CD of the soundtrack so we could definitely make comparisons. Cough, cough, hint, hint, ABC. Uh, if only. Um, so, I, I, there, that, I mean, you know, the music was calling back to certain things. Um, Henry's little memory flash definitely did the same thing. Um, I like how it was kind of like bathed in gold. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, but it's just, you know, it was just a little bit different. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, cause it's not like, you know, how Emma's, actually Emma's was kind of gold too, I guess. Now that I think, well, not really. No, her true I mean, love's kiss seemed... blast was, but I don't think she got like memories. She just got belief. Yeah, it wasn't like that. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like what, you know, Henry just got. So, I mean, it, I mean, they were kind of, you know, I mean, yeah, the, what she remembered was the only thing that she could remember, if, you know, you know, being barely born, but magic probably helped call those memories forth, but that was pretty much it. Yeah. Like. Which I always loved that detail from the finale, too. The fact that they made sure to include the moments that she would have, like, that she was present for as a baby. Mm-hmm. Because they were technically are her memories and they do exist. And that Magic was able to, like, bring those to her. I just thought that was really neat. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's uh, about the finale of well, can we... another show. <laughs> like, yeah. another, or another season, rather. Uh, real quick, though. Dude, Vic, uh, Regina totally grave robbed the shit out of Victoria Belfry, and I think that's hysterical. <laughs> like, and they were just super <laughs> cash about it. They were just like, yeah, you know, like, Lucy's like, wait a minute, what? And she's like, yeah, no, we're totally gonna dig up your other grandma. Like, no big deal. Weird stuff has happened. Why do you think all I keep all my important shit in the graveyard? I was like, I'm sitting here watching this, like, they're really gonna dig a bitch up. I mean, they didn't show it, which is probably good. But I'm just picturing, like, Victoria in, like, a pantsuit with, like, the book, like, in her chest, like, like young Frankenstein, where it's like, you try to pull it away, and in case she hangs onto it. But, you know, it does, like, the fact that you just said that makes me also realize that, you know, we may not be seeing Ivy come back again, like, Drusilla. Drusilla, rather. And... Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Maybe that, I mean, maybe, yeah, I don't know either, but like. Timey-wimey. You know, that that may have been the last, you know, that we saw of her. That's really interesting. That when she went off with Anastasia, that was really, because, I mean, Regina mentioned her by name. So, I was kind of like, I mean, I was kind of like, okay. It could be like a, hey, remember her type of thing, like putting a cue in there early for the audience. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I thought, too, because I was like, maybe she shows up in the end to, you know, help solve whatever crisis, since she was part of casting the curse that, you know, brought everybody there in the first place. Like, maybe that was going to be how it worked out. So, I thought that that might be an option. I mean, there's definitely, I mean, if they're back in time, there's definitely another version of her in the EF, or the wish, where whichever realm they're in. The alternative realm right the alternative forest i think so is that what we're calling this one not wish because all the other ones had names like like the heroic forest and the wishful forest like those are the older alternate versions that we know of this is just the alternate forest i think yeah so the alternate forest versions i just this time travel thing they're like I, I did think that was kind of interesting, though, because, like, it, it definitely explains the way where she was like, why do you think all these people aren't here? It's because we're back in time. Like, so they have no reason to come save us because they don't know that, like, we're in Seattle and, like, shit's going down. Right, because we're still there at home and you're still in high school. 
and lo, he was. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that I loved about this episode was the end when Henry, like, young Henry, is giving the speech about... Basically moving on, and, and but, like, it'll always be a part of you. I'm like, okay, writers, we get it, I know, but, like, damn. Yeah, and when he said, even when I'm not in Storybrooke, Storybrooke will always be with me, I was like, okay. That one like, was for the fans. That one was 100% for the fans. Oh, absolutely. Sigh. Let's sigh. I'll make it French. When Henry was on the phone with himself, he called himself Kid. Oh, I know! I was like, oh! Ooh. <sighs> the whole scene with him on the phone, though, I really, I really enjoyed that. And, and, and... I mean, I kind of hope that they were, like, in the same room where we're actually talking to each other, because it really worked really well. Okay, so if, like, this I is the, this this is is the third to last episode, and they're already throwing this kind of, like, stuff at us where we're like, oh, man, parallels and things fitting together. Because, you, you know, these guys write a damn good finale, so how, how are we going to survive this? Dude, no, I can't. I don't I, want to. I'm going to have to buy some beer. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to have to do. Um, I'm be sitting there crying on a Friday night like, oh my god, the fairy tales. I love that Granny is not only like somebody who crossbows people who get in her way, but she also knows how to fix a car. Yes. No, well, I love how she was like, no, 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 this is like, like curse era vintage. Like, like I, I can you imagine though, they're probably around town, that's how they age things. Like, no, no, this was OG curse, like vintage right here man like you're not gonna get any better this is this is snow queen era right here you know it's a bit fresh it's a bit new like people are like bottling wine like they're vintage (laughs) this was like this is our wicked witch vintage you know it's like like this is the what was it the second time the clock tower broke third time that poor okay uh, you want do you want to take bets right now about if the clock tower is gonna get busted in the next episode like who do we want to do like a no, like a prop bet on won't. that? No, I don't think it will. I, I think it will. Think you you want to make it interesting? Mm-mm. No. I'll bet you a dollar. I have a dollar in my wallet, and I'll bet you one dollar that the clock tower gets busted, and I'll give that you you that dollar at Comic Con. Okay, I lose. deal. If I okay, if I lose, I'll give you the dollar at Comic Con. Or we can bet a big ass beer on it. I mean. Okay, fine. We'll bet a big ass beer on it then. All right. One big event. One, I say that the clock tower is going to get busted up in some way in the next episode, and you say it's not. And I don't think it's. Yeah, I, I think it'll be just fine. Okay, verbal handshake. Verbal handshake. See you in July. So <laughs> yes. We, we we have an accord. We have an accord. Uh, <laughs> oh, also too, right? Like the 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 measuring chart when Regina was doing Henry's measurements on the wall. Like, of the kitchen. Like, oh, dude. That's so, such a mom thing to do. And such oh, a cute wait. little detail for their characters, too. Well, also, she went down to fifth grade. Was fifth grade, like, when, like, all this started? Fifth like, grade is, like... It, no, like... Fifth grade... I mean, I was 10 in fifth grade, so... So, yeah, that... So, she, like, went to the beginning. So, we actually... We have, like, an actual, like, time frame now. Because I know people are always like, wait, like... Did the, the 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 events of season whatever only happen like within a week? Like it's so hard to kind of gauge time. So we now know for a fact that eight years have like this all everything everything has happened in eight years. 
from the pilot Dude, to this nuts. episode. That is a that is a very I could see why Emma was getting really stressed out. That's a very full eight years. Not even that, like because it it would be like the events of like all the craziness would be less than eight years. It would be more like six because of all the and it would and really it would be less than six because remember like like five years in our time was only like three years on the show because of the way that the episodes like kind of unfolded true but i was i'm trying to like i'm trying to to, to quantify it a bit in my head like oh god i mean i think that henry was like what he had to have been like 15 i think so yeah, five years. When, when season six was over, I think that that was like. I feel like they said something about it. They were like, "He was like, I'm 15. I'm not a kid anymore," or something like that. And it was like, okay. Something like that, yeah. And then you know, so then they lived for three years. You know, happily ever after, peacefully, before Henry was like, "Hey, I'm out of high school. I'm ready to go, do my own thing. I'm ready to go study film in Los Angeles." Like, you know, I I just I loved that. Um, even if that's not what he ended up wanting to do, like, I still love that little mention of all the different things that he was interested in and all the different schools. I thought that was really nifty. I think it's really um, funny definitely... that Regina's stuck on Wisconsin for some reason. Like, she was like, Madison, are you going to Madison? Oh my god, the fact she said, you've always loved cheese. I was like, oh my god, yes. Like, <laughs> this I pizza is cheesy and it doesn't lie. <laughs> right. I, I thought that was so funny. Just the little details like that I just thought were great. Um... And she gave him the car, like the the, the mayoral like Regina, the mayoral like, ride there. Like, yeah, the like bitch mobile. You know, right? Like you know, like Ugh. she wept in that car watching him, you know, go to Emma when Emma told him that she had killed Archie when he hadn't in the cricket game. Remember? Yeah, like, and then Cora got in her head and, in that and, car. Oh my god! Like so many things have happened in that car, and now like Henry's driving it, and I'm just like, oh what? Like this is nuts! I can't believe that this is where we're at with the show. Oh my gosh, these characters, especially like, especially little Henry, like little Jared from the pilot. He was so small, and now he's like so grown up. Like, and the, watching this character, knowing that you know the character has grown just as much too. Like, oh my god, it's just crazy. It's crazy. What the hell? Uh, and for honestly, for a second too, like for as just a second, I thought that when Henry was telling Regina that he had been writing like about a Henry Mills that didn't exist, I thought that Hyperion Heights was going to end up being a book that like Henry had written. Oh, I would have not to be gross, but I would have crapped my pants if that if that was the case. If it was like, and it was all a story. I mean, they, they, uh, the, the creators, though, have said many times they're not going to make it. It was all a dream. But, like, that would have been insane. Instead, we got the time travel twist. So. I just, okay. I need to, like, I hope that the, get that, that gets explored a little bit in this next episode. Like, why? Or, like, the, just, a, just a, a scooch more of, like, okay, but how did that exactly work? Also, sidebar. There is a college in Storybrooke, so I, I, I'm sure that sound that you heard off in the distance is the sound of a million fanfic writers just, like, pumping their fists in the air and preparing their college dorm room, like, odd couple roommate AUs, because now they have a setting that's canon. It's like, Ugh. It is canon now. Oh, that's crazy. 
just like they just you know built the world up a little oh dude i can't believe this is where we're at with the show okay it's fine i'm fine it's fine it's fine we're fine okay we'll be fine oh yeah all right and then like okay the other thing that you know we should definitely talk about are the fairy tale lesbians yes i do i was gonna say is it something that i would like yes not in the episode as much, but I love the fact that, like, Daddy Hook was like, I know we'll fix this. Uh, Margo will, yes. Like, I know that this is a thing. But I love the fact that they all very much accept that Alice has good days and bad days. And that Margo's like, well, I can help you. Like, I'm not, like, I can help you through the bad days and maybe we can make it a good day. I loved, I love the fact that she said that. And I absolutely love when they all had their memory back and Margo just slowly lowers her glasses. And I was like... And then I was shouting at my, my television, like, smooch, damn you. And then they did. So that's also great. Yeah, the the kissing was great. The smooch was great. I was like, finally. They finally got their kiss in. We've been waiting for it. It's cool. Well, I mean, they've smooched before, but like, like, like seeing their bit of no, slow burn. No, this was different. Like their, um, yeah, like, this was different. Like, their, their bookshop date, which, by the ladies, ladies, just saying, phone fingers. I would be about that. <laughs> I've, I've and other sidebar. I have read that fanfic, um, but oh, no, I'm, so I'm. Yeah, that was really okay. Wait, hold on. First, that bookstore that they went to was a pop and pop bookshop. Yes! not a mom and pop bookshop. So that's I was their, like, okay, the, they're at a gay bookstore. That's right. Fantastic. That's our first instance of a uh, uh, two guy relationship on the show. Exactly. So I was like, "Hey, I mean, well, I mean, really, the double woodpecker chavern also." Was kind of <laughs> about it. But I mean, you know, we don't know who was running that place, so who knows? It was probably them. But the fact that it was, it was probably it their was, cursed oh, persona. Dude, oh, I love it. Okay, it's head canon. It's it's podcast canon now. So yes. we're just gonna go with that. That'll be that'll be my fanfic that I we, write. We will will um, it into existence. Exactly. Like, because in this one, if Rapunzel doesn't really have, like, a Flynn Rider, then I can make Flynn Rider one of the gays. So 20 gay teen! 20 gay teen! Yeah, See, we, 20 we, gay teen. Gapril has ended, and now we're just in the month of gay. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's... <laughs> I can't with you. January, okay. hey! <laughs> oh, you're done. Oh my god. February, gay. <laughs> I don't know what would March be. Um, Girl, you better March. April, gay. April, gay. Uh, Judy Garland. Judy Garland. Crap, I don't know anything for July. July, July is pretty gay anyway. There's sparklers everywhere. Ju- July and you gay. July and Juge. Well, that's Pride. Because Pride cometh before the fall. (laughs) August. August. September. Yeah. Okay. We kind of lost it there. I was going to be like, oh, this is for no. It's fine. It's totally fine. It's fine. It's great. Um, By the way, by the way, by the way, Mm. Storybrooke High's cap and gown are red, y'all. Red. Red. I was about to say maroon, but no, that was really actually a red. That was a deep red. No, it was red. It was red. Yep, that was red. So, just saying. Red means power. Um, (laughs) And it's his story. And it's just like his mom, like, him wearing red. I was like, oh, I wish it was leather. 
Although I'm glad that he has his own color, you know, to kind of, you know. He still wears thing. the scarf. I think that's cute. Like, he, he still does. has the scarf. That's so cute. I know, dude. And I was, oh, okay, I, I was so not on board. Like, Regina's like, you forgot your lunch. It's like, oh my god, Regina, don't baby him. What the hell? And then it was like, kablam, car keys. I was like, okay, acceptable, Regina, go ahead. <laughs> Regina was wearing, and like, a blue dress. I like the blue dress. She always does look good in blue. I love the fact, though, too, when she when when Henry got, like, all of the acceptance letters ever, she was like, oh, my God, we're going to call Emma, and we're going to get it to Granny's, and everyone's going to be there. And I was like, oh, we've all wanted this for so long. Like, they are functioning and not, like, murdering each other. The fireballs are there to light the candles on the cake, not to, like, you know, singe somebody's hair off. Aww. Do you remember a million years ago when, like, you know, Regina didn't get invited to the party back in season two and everyone, like, lost their crap? And now Regina's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get Emma on the phone and, like, the entire town's going to show up because, like, you know, Henry Mills did a thing and it's all good. So it's like, look at how far we've come. Oh. Oh, dude. Oh, oh Regina's car was in the title card, too. Oh. Okay. I was wondering. I was like, okay, this is a that's car. why it was there. Yeah. yeah, that's why it was there. Oh, oh dear, dude, me. I can't believe there are only two episodes left. Stop! After this. No, maybe they'll do a made-for-TV movie. Maybe we'll get a Christmas special, like like they do with like British television shows, where they do like <laughs> maybe we'll get a Christmas special. Uh. Let it be. Do you remember the old commercial when it was like, "Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow." Oh, charming. Like. From way back in the day? No. You don't sure remember not. seeing that on ABC in, the, in no, like, the winter? No, I don't. It's a thing. No. People who are listening, tweet this tweet this to Zach because it's a thing. It's on YouTube. It was, like, a bumper what? for something. I swear to God, it exists. It was it's it was Snow White and Charming, and Snow White was wearing that one white dress that she always weared and fl- weared, wore in flashbacks. When she had the big wig piled up on her head, and he, I think he was wearing, like, his red jacket. And they were waltzing, and it was like, and he goes, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. And and, and Ginny's like, oh, charming. Like, oh, you silly beast. It's a thing, I swear to God. I'm trying to find it right now, but I don't, I don't see it. Like, like, do, like, Once Upon a Time, Let It Snow TV spot or something. Oh, holiday commercial. Wait, hold yes. on. Yes, yes. What? Have you never seen? Oh, oh my, my God. God. No, I've never seen that before. That's so cute. Oh, I can't. Oh, I know. What like, the hell? I'm, we're just taking a trip down nostalgia lane here, like. I can't believe you had never seen that before. Are you kidding me? No, I never have seen that before. Imagine how it's going to be for the next two weeks with the nostalgia factor kicked up to high gear because not only are we getting Snow and Charming back, as we saw in the promo, but also they made sure to show us footage of, you know, even if it's from the past, of Ariel, Peter Pan, Cruella DeVille. Oh, I I love when they do that quick cut when it was like, and I was like, (gasps) oh, my favorites. Right, and like, you know, they didn't. I noticed that they didn't show any new footage of Emma, which makes me like wonder where she is, what she's doing. Why didn't they show any new footage? But of they, Emma? but they tend the to do that, that though. Like that secret. Who, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. whoever whoever edits the promos, they definitely keep like a lot of the stuff in their pocket because we've had we've wondered many times before why didn't they show this that or the next or what's a what's you know 
whatever. And they definitely tend to keep, like, a lot of the juicy stuff in their pockets. So, I... Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Yep. So fairy tale lesbians are great, and 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 I I just very much like yes, and like I thought it was you know when when Tilly had her head on Margot's shoulder, I'm like oh god they're so cute. Oh, that was so cute. Oh, it, the whole thing was just adorable. It was just adorable. Oh, I suppose there is a big thing that we should probably talk about, right? I suppose so, dearie. Right. What do you think it should be? Right, you are, dearie. I'm not sure. It did catch me by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Should I just do this entire bit like in a Rumble Spilskin voice? God, no. Oh, I know. <laughs> that would be too much. <laughs> that would just Stilskin. be too much. Oh. Oh, my God. I can't the- believe that this is what it's come to. Like, that he's like. He is the big bad at the end that we have to do. No, with. that's good. I'm like, as soon as you said that, I was like, as it should be. Because he's the whole. Well, I mean, okay. Uh, he's He was the crux that started season one. I'm going to put it that way because timey wimey wibbly hula. But, like, <laughs> it always comes back to Rumpel. It's always like, f***ing Rumpel Every season, damn it. Rumpel f***ing Stillskin. I was caught off guard, though, because, like, Facility got stabbed. It's like okay, so I was like doing a head count. Like okay, so they're all in the garden and this, that, and the other. Like who's still around? I was not expecting that. Um. Yeah, I was not expecting that either. And I well, the, I mean, we kind of got clued into that because, well, God, what was it back in season six when like Wish Realm Rumple like had an awareness of like the other realms, unlike everybody else. So of course, like he would like be like, all right, let's uh, go where the the getting's good, and I'm gonna check this out. Like there was always that one. Do you remember that? I don't remember the specific line or the specific episode, but there was always there was when when they were talking to Wish Realm, uh, Rumple. He he made a mention of, oh, you're not from this realm or something. And he was the only one who seemed aware, and they like totally kind of brushed it off. And that always kind of bothered me because I was like, okay, so when is this going to come back? And, like, it has. So I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I was not I was caught off guard, too, like, when Facilier got stabbed. I was not expecting that at all. So that really kind of surprised me. Um, and then to realize that, like, you know, this is... You know, kind of like to quote the guys from one of the interviews they gave to Entertainment Weekly, like, this is Rumple unleashed. Like, this is a Rumple that doesn't have the, you know, he never had Belle. He never found his son again. So he is very different, even though, as we've discussed on the podcast before, he's had a very kind of tragic story. He's always had a conscience, even if he, he didn't yeah, always listen always... to it. Exactly. And now it's he's this unrestrained you know character who doesn't really have that kind of conscience mm-hmm. he doesn't he hasn't had anybody like bell or anything to kind of influence him back to the light he doesn't know you know any of what's been going on so oh it's just so different oh it's going to be it's going to be really unique because obviously that has to be the way that you know rumple ends up 
willing to sacrifice himself to defeat this Rumpelstiltskin so that he can get, and, you know, in, in the process, he's going to end up, this you might, know, getting back to Bell. I would say this might definitely give a loophole for, um, this might give a loophole for, uh, getting around, um, uh, the whole Guardians. Oh. Are you right? Well, no, but getting back to Bell. They're back in time. They're back in time. Henry's probably 30. So what is that? It was 30 minus 18. 12. So, I mean, would it be safe to say that Bell, there wasn't a 12 year gap between when Bell died and when Rumpel, you know, jumped into like the portal to be like where Tilly and all them were? Because like Tilly's the same age. Like, I'm trying to well, finagle a way for Bell to be alive in the end. I think that at this point they had already gone to that place from episode Beauty this season where they lived forever at the like edge of time. I think they must, you know, they probably had already gone there at that point, no? Well, yeah, like, no, I mean, they had already maybe. been gone there, but like, you know. Well, no, I guess not because they showed Henry... No, Henry, well, Henry never no. visited them. Gideon visited them. No, I was sorry. I was thinking about earlier this season when they were still in Storybrooke and Gideon was like a baby. Right. But that wouldn't have been very long after the season six finale. Right. So it would have been right around the time that, yeah, Henry probably would have been graduating from high school. So, yeah, it was like they probably went to his high school graduation and then went to the edge of time and lived out forever. Mm. And then she died. Ow. And now he's going to sacrifice himself to save everybody from Rumpelstiltskin. And in doing so, since the darkness can only be defeated if, you know, you kill the Dark One and he's, you know, doing that to himself, that's how the magic, like, of the Dark One dagger is going to get contained. Yeah, because it's, you know it's, I mean? it's basically like... like... It's self-contained. It's, it's like it, yeah. it's like the self-contained time loop that we just mm -hmm. saw happen. Like, yes. That's what that's how it's gonna be. Interesting. Good. Like I can see kind of how it's gonna play out a little bit. Now, and okay. here, here's the thing: I'm a bit more about this than I was when like the evil queen double showed up. Like, cause you know, she just got really mustache twirlingly villainous. But I feel like Rumple Unleashed is like Rumple was always kind of scary in a way. So, like, because the Evil Queen never scared me. But, like, Rumple, like, always, there, there were there were moments where I genuinely would get creeped out. And, like, to tell you the truth, when uh, Robert was doing the whole, with the Rumple not wearing the makeup, and, like, because we had never seen it before, that creeped me out, too. Like, a lot. So, I... Oh, yeah, I, when he was, like, trying to convince her to kill... Facilier. Uh-huh. The facilier in the, like, in the flashback? Yeah, yeah. And he was, the, like, in the really, Guardian? Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. I was just, I remember, I was like, oh, no, 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 thank you. Um, so, I've just, I've always, there's always, Rumple has always been sinister, and that's back when we thought that he was more of a wild card before we knew that he had his conscience in Bell. So, seeing him without that, oh. And, you know, they're just going to be like, all right, Robert Carlyle, do your stuff. And it's just going to be nuts. It's be nuts. 
And the thing is, he sank into it. He didn't start out that way. He was just kind of, I mean, there was like a, a little bit of that, of Rumple in there. And then it just kind of like But it gradually throughout that scene, kinda up to the point where the voice changed and like everything about him changed. Like It started you know, with the it hands. It kind of made me notice. He, he was it doing started the hand with the motions. Hands. And then it, it changed and it just sank deeper and deeper. And he changed into Rumpelstiltskin while we were watching. And I noticed, like, the thing that makes Rumpel different is that he talks with his forehead more. Like, that's where Rumpel's face gestures are, mm. or more in his forehead. And Gold and Weaver speak differently. Like, they hold, they move their face differently. Well, it, it's Rumpel leans forward, and I feel like Gold always leans a bit back. He's always like, la da 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 with the head. And Rumpel's yeah, always kind of forward. Yeah, he bobs like... and bounces. He, yeah, he's forward and he he moves his eyebrow like the hit and his forehead more like I don't know how to explain it, but he just does. Um, that was just the thing that I noticed. So, I mean, that was just that was so brilliant that scene in the Guardian when that was happening. I was like, holy smokes, dude! Like, this is some. I mean, we're literally watching this person go from one act, you know, go from one character to another, transform in front Jekyll of our and eyes and hide before our eyes forever. Yes, dude, like it was so well done. Like we're watching it happen live. Like watch what happens live. Andy Cohen's not here, but that's okay. <laughs> like we're watching it happen anyway, and it was just so well done. I mean, it was just br- I mean, it was fascinating too to to watch an actor kind of change roles that way, like change character, evolve from one thing into another. It was, I mean, that was really unique to see, especially because, like, we've only, we've been so accustomed to seeing Rumpelstiltskin as, you know, the crocodile, right? With the crocodile look and everything, that to see this character come out without that, without the hair, without the makeup, without the contact lenses, and just have it be the actor, Robert Carlyle, and watch this, and still realize that it's the same person, like, Oh my god, it was just so well done. I just I can't even find the words to really describe how genius I thought it was other than what I've already said. So so that being said, I can't wait to see what's in store now. Exactly. Like whatever is to come, this whole personalized storybook thing and and how, you know, he's designed personalized endings for everybody that are probably not that great. Mm. Like you know, I can only imagine what kind of chaos he's going to try to inflict on people now and what that's going to be like. You know, seeing Snow and Charming in the promo pictures and in the promo commercial itself, you know, making it very clear that they're going to be the ones to rally the troops and make everybody, you know, give. You know that Snow and Charming are going to end up giving a big speech about hope, or probably Henry will. Like, they're all going to jump in and have something to say. And it's going to be hope like. Oh, hope, hope I was just going to say, like, another quarter for the hope jar. Like,. Oh, it's and this time Regina's gonna be a part of it willingly because she's gonna she's genuinely is gonna believe this stuff. And then, however, they're gonna fit Robin Hood into this too because Sean McGuire is back as Robin Hood, and we can't forget that. Jeez. Like, however, that's all going to work. Like, no idea. And then Jen is coming back as Emma. Like, I oh my god, like it's gonna be perfect. Like, perfect. I say, perfect. I tell you. Like, oh, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna break my heart in two. Oh, shut up, dude. We're not... Oh, no, I can't. It has to be a positive thing. We've got to look at it positively. It's going to be amazing, but, like, you know, it's going to be happy tears. There was some neat cinematography uh, in when Regina was confronting Gothel that, like, really stood out to me. Is two things. It's one when she went after with with that that famous bat, and it just went... 
and that looked like that looked really cool. There was some cool CGI in that, but I loved when Gothel force pushed her back, and just the shot of her flying as she went through the sign and everything. Like that also looked oh, yeah. really cool. Those two scenes definitely popped out at me. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, Regina popped out too. Uh, with that whole thing in the garden when like all the trees were coming up, like Ashley sent me a message privately that said that was some fern gully action going on right there. It kind of, <laughs> it kind of was. Well, especially when I mean, Mother Gothel grandmother agree. willowed, and then she's like, "No, but I'm gonna put little sprouts on it. It's gonna make it okay." I was like, "Gee, that was a bit like that was creepy though." When she was like, like you know, scary tree mm-hmm. face. I was like, "No, thanks." Yeah, not so, not someone to that part of it. But, you know, I mean, Alice in the end, of course, proving that she is so super powerful and, you know, used her magic to not only repel, you know, Gothels. I mean, it was funny because, like, it was though, the same it was thing. Like... Right, well, it was basically, you know, what was so funny about it is it made me think of Voldemort versus Harry when, like, Harry me just too. sent with the, with the used his magic to push it, right, to push him back, you know, on Voldemort and just... You know, he basically shot himself in the face. Like, mm. that's, I mean, essentially, I mean, because that's, it's so funny to, I mean, it's kind of, you know, morbid to say that, but that's basically what Voldemort did. He shot himself in the face with his own spell. So, I mean, well, that's what you get when you're evil. I mean, it's true. And that, you know, when you take on the boy who lived, um, and also when you take on the guardian, because, you know, she's not just from Wonderland, she's from many other places. And also, another thing that I wanted to talk about, too, with Alice, which this just reminded me about it, and I meant to say it earlier, but I didn't, is that I love that when... And you actually did say something about it briefly, um, which is that they accept the fact that Alice has good and bad days and that they're there to support her anyway. Like, it was so refreshing to see a character who basically is living with, like, some kind of mental illness that's, like, whether it's bipolar or anxiety or depression or, you know, whatever it was... um, it was so refreshing to see something like that on TV. And, like, having a support system and not just, like, having, like, that be, yes. like, her defining feature or having be, like, a problem. Or, like, having, exactly. like, you know, a need to, like, fix her. Like, like okay, we're going to ride this out together. I, yeah, it is really refreshing. It, right, yeah. For, you know, anybody who, you know, has ever suffered or continues to suffer now from something like that, you know, it can be very debilitating to have those kinds of emotions and thought patterns and and not really feel like you have a way out of that or that you have an appropriate support system in place um i mean you're already kind of irrationally feeling that way you know when you're kind of in those fits i speak from personal experience but there's also a difference to where like for me at least even if i know i have the support system there like i mean i mean it's helpful but it's also, you know, like, there's some people who, you know, they don't real they if you don't actually have a support system in place and you're feeling those things, you know, it can just really exacerbate the problem. So it was really nice to see, like you said, that she had a support system of people who were around her to, who were kind of encouraging her and riding out through the storm with her and not kind of, you know, casting her out or making her feel worse and being willing to kind of Take the accept time that this is her. just... People right, to exactly, take the time. and to like, right, and to be patient and to understand that you know this is just part of who she is, and that it's not all the time, and that you know there are ways to be able to cope with it. Like, not everybody can do that, and that's fine. But it was just really refreshing to see how Robin had, you know, such a commitment in this case 
to well i mean i guess i should say margo um but underlying as well you know robin that she had that willingness and ability to write things out with her fairy tale lesbian girlfriend oh it was just so great like yeah i mean mean, it's it's all kinds of representation it's representing people with mental health issues and you know the gays like all at the same time which is funny because so many gay people suffer from anxiety and depression for various issues and you know so that makes you know i mean her character you know having that issue is relatable to anybody who you know has encountered and deals with that disorder but it's especially meaningful to the gays out there in the audience who are seeing themselves represented in this way you know not only that they're included in a story about fairy tale characters like the famous popular ones at that but that they're also being shown like somebody else in their community who also has some of the mental health disorders that are prevalent throughout the community mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know it was just really it was just really really refreshing and i love that they made a point to kind of make that part of the character and to put such an emphasis on it in the episode yes i like that a lot all right everybody that's going to do it for this week's review of once upon a time here on the once upon a fan podcast thank you as always for joining us we'll be back in two weeks with a special two-hour podcast um, discussing the end of the show our review of both halves of the finale and kind of where we're going to go from here i can't believe that this is where oh my god okay nope no feelings okay no feelings we'll save all of the feelings for the next podcast so once again, I have been your host, Henry Cellphone. I was joined by my co-host, Granny's a right and And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>